0: And now, the BC Food and Wine Radio Network presents Anthony Gizmondi and BC Food and Wine Radio. Now, here's
1: Anthony Gizmondi. Hello, British Columbia, and welcome to today's show. Just before we get started, I want to let you know that uh, Gizmonte Wine Newsletter is out Thursday, March 24th. Uh, we've got lots of coverage of the California Wine Fair, Top Drop, and the upcoming Vancouver National Wine Festival. Some hot new wine picks. And we got a new video from Italy that you won't want to miss. Uh, one you can drink Barolo to. Now, on the show today... Uh, Winemaker Jeff Hundermark, he's going to walk us through the most modest wines he makes at the West Kelowna Mount Boucher. You won't want to miss that. Uh, It's a really interesting conversation. Harry Herchig's back. He's got an update on the Vancouver National Wine Festival. We've got a bunch of events to talk about, how the room will be laid out, and all the regular stuff that you need to know before you get your tickets, which are going to go fast. After that, uh, from a big wine show to a Canadian wine legend, we catch up with Christine Coletta to talk about her long career in the wine business and where she is at today. But up next, Christa Lee McWatters, Chair of the Board of Wine Growers of British Columbia, will chat to us about the many things a tourist can do in the South Okanagan. This is BC Food Wine Radio, and I'm Anthony Gismondi. There's lots more still ahead. This is the BC
0: Food and Wine Radio Network.
2: It doesn't have to be alcohol to be rock and roll. It just has to be naughty. Bring the party with Naughty from Thompson & Scott. Beautifully crafted, organic, vegan, alcohol-free sparkling wines. have taken the drinks industry by storm beautiful bubbles no alcohol no compromise so go ahead get naughty you've got nothing to lose but your preconceptions of what alcohol free can be visit softcrush.ca for more details taste the flavors of the season at summerhill pyramid bistro and wine shop Their heated patio is open with more space for you to dine safely. So come enjoy a menu showcasing ingredients from their on-site culinary garden. Pair your meal with a new release Summerhill wine for an extraordinary organic experience. The flavors of the season are in abundance at Summerhill Pyramid Bistro and Wine Shop. Online, summerhill.bc.ca.
0: As someone who is starting or adding to their wine or spirits collection, you recognize your choice of a reputable supplier is paramount. As the only auction in Canada dedicated to fine wines and spirits, Iron Gate Auctions offers buyers a safe, inexpensive way to initiate or enhance their collections. They're experts in the field, and all of their offerings are meticulously sourced from private sellers across Canada. To find out more, visit irongateauctions.com. Smoking Loon believes that good wine doesn't need to take itself so seriously. This simple premise has guided them for over two decades to produce wines crafted for those with an appetite for adventure, like their Smoking Loon Syrah. So whether you're relaxing dockside or simply enjoying a well-deserved evening at home, bring along a taste of cottage country. Uncork and discover a rare bird at a B.C. liquor store near you. Or visit smokingloon.com. Back to BC Food and Wine Radio, here's Anthony Gizmondi.
1: Hello British Columbia and welcome to all 20 cities across the province listening to the BC Food and Wine Radio Network including Bounce Radio 98.5 in Summerland. Our first guest today is Christa Lee McWatters. She wears a few hats, but today she's the chair of the board of Wine Growers, British Columbia. Krista Lee, how are you?
3: I'm fantastic, Tony. Thank you. Yourself?
1: Uh, I'm really well, and I'm happy to catch up with you. Apparently, you're standing in the middle of a vineyard.
3: I am. I'm down in Asoyous. Uh Our company has just uh, purchased a new vineyard, so I'm overlooking Soyuz Lake, standing in our Syrah block, and uh, pretty excited about the season to start again.
1: Yeah, I bet. Well, let's start with uh, the Chair of the Board of Wine Growers. It seems like a simple question, but are wine growers different than wine producers? And what is this uh, group all about?
3: Yeah, you know, Wine Growers British Columbia, uh, some people may know us previously as the British Columbia Wine Institute. We actually just changed our name uh, last year because... Really, what we are is wine all begins in the vineyard, and we are wine growers, whether we're actually are literally grape growers or we're wineries. And um, we changed the name so that we were in conjunction with um, Wine Growers Canada as well. So, as we like to to say, especially when we're lobbying government or industry, is that really we're all about agritourism and agri-food. So, we're a food product, right?
1: Yeah, totally. Uh, well, today I want to talk about the South Okanagan and, and use your expertise. Uh, I want to start with what's unique about it in some ways, because when people say to me, "Well, why do people say the Okanagan's so great or so beautiful or whatever?" What what do you think is really unique about uh, this wine region?
3: Oh well, I'm I'm a little biased, having grown up in in this region, but it's just it's so magical, and there's so many things that set our region apart. It's the terroir, which, you know, is obviously the aspect and the people and the growing. Yep. But we really, it, we get, we're the northern tip of the Sonoran Desert. So we only generally get about, you know, six to eight inches of rainfall per year. So it's extremely hot, which just makes for ideal grape growing conditions, especially for our big red wines. We also yeah. have higher light intensity than any other growing in the region in the entire world. So again, amazing setting. And the wonderful thing is, too, we're not like some other growing regions in the world. We have no air pollution because we're not near any major center. So, you know, it's pristine. We've got amazing outdoor vistas. Uh, It's absolutely stunning scenery. And we're growing world-class wines. So everybody should come and visit.
1: Yeah, they should. And I would add in one thing, because I have traveled to uh, many hundreds of wine regions very few of them have uh, giant lakes in the middle of them, or all out through them. And I think the lake is such a great drawing crowd for people uh, there. Do, do you do you enter? I mean, do you access the lake whenever you can?
3: Absolutely, you're right. That's something that's so unique, especially to the South Okanagan. When you when you think of other growing regions, let's take Napa for instance. You know, they have grapes on the valley floor here and and up the side. We have the lakes, and that's actually what allows us to grow grapes in the South Okanagan is that moderating effect of the, of the lake. And uh, otherwise it would be just too cold uh, for us through the winters, but it also just adds to the whole experience. It's absolutely stunning views. We now have a number of wineries you can actually access from, from the water and starting to be more because it's also really all about the guest experience and what's unique and, well, as mm-hmm. I say, I'm standing in our venue right now looking at a lake, and it's a pretty spectacular view. So,
4: Yeah.
1: Our guest is Krista Lee McWater. She's the chair of the board of the Wine Growers of British Columbia, and we're talking about the many touring opportunities in the South Okanagan. Let's talk about these, these wine groups. Like, how can cons- consumers get, uh, you know, prepared for a trip? I know you want people to come up there, but they could do some homework as well, And I've been looking at, you know, some of the associations, for instance, like the Bottleneck Drive. So what is a winery association? How does that work and how can consumers benefit from knowing more about them?
3: Absolutely. So as you mentioned, I'm the chair of Wine Growers British Columbia. So we represent all wineries throughout the province. Um, A great app to use is the Wine Explorer app, which will help plan your trip and your tour to British Columbia wine country. But then if we drill down and you really know what region or what sub-region you want to tour, uh, a number of the, the areas have formed uh, small associations to just focus in on that. So Bottleneck Drive is in Summerland. So the wineries, the distilleries, the breweries, and Summerland have all, cideries have all gotten together. And so really these uh, associations give a great Information on what there is to do in those specific areas. So we've got bottleneck mm-hmm. Drive in Summerland or Naramata Bench Winery Association. So many wineries on the bench. Great, amazing, different, unique experience there. We've got the heart of wine country in Okanagan Falls. So there's so many different sub regions of yep. our valley as well.
1: And experiences. Another place that I think gets overlooked sometimes by people is the is the VQA Wine Information Center in, in uh, Penticton.
3: Yes, the Wine Information Center in Penticton is an amazing um, resource. Number one in if you're coming to Wine Country, stop in there. They are so full of information to help making. Your tour experience, just the very best in the, the South Okanagan, well, the Okanagan in general, but especially the South Okanagan. They also have an amazing VQA store there, so great selection. And because they are in the heart of wine country, you'll find wines that you will only find at the winery, as well as the Wine Information Centre. And Donna, the manager there, is fantastic, and her team is absolutely phenomenal. So me and myself, that's where I'll go quite often, because that's where I find out what. All the other wineries are doing, too, because they have their, their finger on the pulse there, that's for sure.
1: Yeah. Well, of course, you're the general manager at Time Winery. Uh, you have a restaurant in your winery. That's another option that, uh, you know, a lot of wine regions don't have, and we seem to have them uh, sprouting up everywhere. What can you tell us about uh, winery kitchens and, and what's happening in the South Okanagan?
3: Oh, so many exciting things, you know, the focus on local ingredients and in the local wines, but just the diversity of the culinary options at the wineries. You know, down here in Oliver, Asoyosa, you've got Tin Horn with Miradoro. You've got Terrafina at Hester Creek, two of my favorites. One of my absolute favorites as well as at Kismet, their restaurant there. Um, East Indian cuisine, absolutely phenomenal. Along the bench, you've got, you know, everything from Hillside. Um, doing just a fantastic job in their kitchen. Um, yeah, it's really, most of the wineries are all focusing on local ingredients. So everything's fresh, um, sourced right from the farms here, and right everything from a picnic option to fine dining, high end, mm. exciting yeah. culinary discoveries.
1: Yeah, it's so great too. Uh, and I think people are, I don't know, you could, you could. Confirm this, but my my thinking is that people are spending going to fewer wineries, spending a, a longer amount of time, and then uh, organizing their day around lunch or dinner at, at a winery restaurant or at least a restaurant in one of the regions.
3: Yeah, that's definitely what we're seeing, especially since the start of COVID, is that we are, people are coming and spending more time at the wineries. I recommend, you know, calling ahead or going online, booking what reservations for tastings and for culinary um, that you'd like and building around that. That's really where you're going to get the best experience. Um, It's not as rushed. It's, you know, I think gone are the days where it's belly up to the bar and push your way through the, you know, hundreds of people in the tasting room. And I think yeah. that that's, personally, I find that exciting. Number one, you're going to get a much better experience, and we get to show you our wines a little more and be able to talk about the story and the history and give you just that full experience.
1: Yeah, I, 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 I totally agree with that, and I think that touring wineries now, uh, I mean, it's changed so much. I wonder what what consumers will discover when they when they go back, Is uh we talked earlier the people are starting to to uh, flood back into the valley uh what What are some of the the things that uh you like most about them coming to you now?
3: Oh, absolutely. We've always encouraged people to come and visit us at the winery, one because that's where you get the whole story, and the wine always tastes better at the winery. Um, But really, through this whole COVID thing as well, we've really seen a huge support of local business, local farmers, BC supporting BC, and we couldn't encourage people more. Our costs have just gone, like everybody else, between supply chain and our packaging goods and and shipping, that if we can encourage people to come and visit these wineries directly and purchase at the wineries, that really is the most profitable place for, for these Farmers and these families mm-hmm. to actually have a chance to make a little bit of money and yeah. get a better experience.
1: Yeah, you sure do. Uh, well, before we let you go, I mean, you're standing in the middle of vineyard. It's uh, the second or third day of the spring now. What, what what can you tell us? Is it warming up there? Is there a, <laughs> is the weather changing?
3: Yeah, warming up a little bit. It's definitely changing. Uh, There's a lot of exciting things. You know, the vineyards all pruned. We're starting to see almost a little swell already, so it's that whole new growth that is so exciting in the spring. You know, we're just getting ready for the Spring Wine Festival, the Okanagan Spring Wine Festival, starting at the beginning of May, and we're so thrilled to be able to host an event again. uh, Yeah, encourage everybody to come and visit us in the South Okanagan and and come and come and see us, everybody's excited,
1: yeah, I can't wait. I can't wait for a human visit, as I'm calling them, uh, you know, a sort of face to face human visit it's gonna be exactly. it's gonna be exciting <laughs> if <laughs> we remember how to do it
3: things. yeah <laughs> exactly. yeah,
1: should be yeah. great. Thanks, Krista uh, Lee McWaters. Thanks so much for joining us today on the show. Uh, the chair and bo- the chair of the board of the Winegrowers of British Columbia—they couldn't have uh, picked a better person to lead the uh, the team at the moment. So thanks for joining us, Krista Lee, and we'll catch up with you soon.
3: Uh, thanks so much, Tony. Look forward to seeing you.
1: Okay. Uh, Don't go away, folks. Still to come, we're going to catch up with Harry Hertzshake. He's the executive director of the Vancouver International Wine Festival, and we're going to get an update on all the events planned for the 2022 festival at a new time slot uh, in May in Vancouver. Now, our radio show is also a podcast, so you can listen to this show and all other previous shows whenever and wherever you like. This is the BC Food and Wine Radio, and I'm Anthony Gismondi. There's
0: more to come. This is PC Food and Wine Radio with Anthony Gizmondi.
5: Penticton, the hub of the South Okanagan, a place where you'll learn to fall in love with winter all over again. Enjoy mountain adventures, visit almost 100 wineries, craft breweries, cideries, and distilleries, and experience world-class, locally-sourced restaurants. It's the perfect destination for a relaxing winter getaway. But before you go, make sure to check the website for updates on weather, highways, health advisories, or for more trip inspiration.
2: Go to visitpenticton.com. This winter, the Inn at Therapy Vineyards invites you to get away for a luxurious retreat experience. Modern rooms overlooking the vineyards and Lake Okanagan set the tone for a relaxing stay on the Naramata bench. Sip award-winning Therapy Vineyard wines on your patio, soak in the hot tub, and enjoy a guided tasting experience in the wine shop. Book your room online today or order Therapy Wines delivered to your door at therapyvineyards.com because everyone needs a little therapy.
4: Discover the good life, right in your own backyard. Destination? The Watermark Beach Resort in beautiful Asuyus. Featuring spectacular views of Asuyus Lake, walking distance to shops, plus dining at the Watermark's very own 15-park bistro. And make sure to book your spring and summer travel now to avoid disappointment at the South Okanagan Resort that defines easy living. Visit watermarkbeachresort.com for full details and keep up to date on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram.
0: Smoking Loon believes that good wine doesn't need to take itself so seriously. This simple premise has guided them for over two decades to produce wines crafted for those with an appetite for adventure, like their Smoking Loon Syrah. So whether you're relaxing dockside or simply enjoying a well-deserved evening at home, bring along a taste of cottage country. Uncork and discover a rare bird at a B.C. liquor store near you. Or visit smokingloon.com. the bc food and wine radio network now here's anthony gismondi
1: and if we we hello british columbia a shout out to kamloops Kelowna, and kitimat all part of our province-wide group of radio stations uh we call the bc food and wine radio network and our next guest calls them potential guests for the wine festival he's harry hertshag He's the executive director of the Vancouver National Wine Festival. Harry, how are you today? You know, I'm feeling, I'm feeling like wine festival fever's coming on, and it's not a COVID <laughs> symptom. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's a good thing. The last time we talked, you said we're going to have a wine festival, and I said I'll get back to you when you have details. I know you have some today, so let, let's start right away with tickets. Are they on sale? Tickets for the Tasting Room
6: are on sale right now, and uh, we've got six sessions, two for trade and four for the public, just like usual,
1: Thursday, Friday,
6: Saturday night, and the very popular Saturday matinee as well.
1: All right. And uh, so today I wanted to talk a bit about, uh, get some information from you about special events or how the festival will will roll, because uh, it has been as much as 10 or 12 days long with Gal on that. What, What will the period be this year, and how will you kick it all off?
6: A lot of it is uh, the same. It's it's basically going to be a week long with dinners on Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday evening. This year's Bacchanalia Gala Dinner and Auction is on the Tuesday night. There is only half as many events, so perhaps uh, when you're choosing a seminar you won't have three or four seminars to choose from in any one spot. You'll just have one, maybe two, instead of eight, nine, ten dinners to choose from. You might only have two or three, but you can have as much wine and as much wine festival as you want for the full week of May.
1: Yeah. Uh, speaking of that, uh, it kicks off uh, uh, in, uh, is it May 15th, I guess, is the first night or 16th?
6: It kicks off on the Monday night, uh, May 16th, and yeah. we finish off on the Sunday, May 22nd, uh, on the Victoria Day long weekend. So it's going to be a fun fun place to be in downtown Vancouver in the middle of May and spring. The wine festival has never been this late in springtime.
1: No, I, I mean, I was thinking the other day, I'll be coming out of the wine festival, could still be light in Vancouver. Uh, as you walk out of the wine festival, which would be pretty amazing considering, uh, you know, usually it's pitch black and we're all scurrying around in the dark. So that that can be fun for people. Let's talk a bit about the events, Harry, and, uh, you know, what what you see people be, being able to do at the festival. Uh, any highlights so far? A quick snapshot, uh, some
6: dinners. We have uh, Bodegas uh, Garcon from Uruguay with a dinner at Hydra. Penfolds at Five Sales, Rodney Strong at The Victor, Tuscan Pioneers featuring Antonori at Chin Chin, Icons of South America with Eduardo Chadwick at Elowit Bistro. Uh, we have a dinner at Vidge's, um, a camus dinner at Global. On some seminars, so we're going to bring back a couple of classics. We're going to have a seminar on Grapes Unknown so people can get familiar with Perhaps grapes they've never heard of, and also uh a seminar on, on the global crew, on, on on Great Crew wines, single vineyard wines of the world. Uh Dine Italia's back, the Pika Kitchen Party's back. The one thing that's not back because of the, you know, the the strain on the on the restaurant uh, community. We're not gonna be doing a Vintners Brunch this year. So we're gonna do a little twist to close the festival on the Sunday. We're gonna call it a spring fling. When you have a spring fling, there's no such thing as a fourth annual spring fling. A spring fling is a one-off. So it's <laughs> going to be – it's going to be – get this. Yeah. It'll be at the convention center with all that, with that great view, like vendor's brunch, but it's going to be all sparkling and rosé wines for a brunch.
1: Right. Like well, a couple that, dozen that- of them. Sounds pretty substantial. I was thinking that uh, I know that the idea is to get the festival back up and going uh, because of the hiatus over COVID. So they you want to get something off this year uh, before you can return uh, to the full show next year in, in uh, 23. So uh, normally there's a theme, uh, a theme country or a theme in the festival. Will there be some of that, maybe smaller ones or a big one? Or how, how is that going to work?
6: Our theme and focus is really on downtown Vancouver. It's really on Vancouver International Wine Festival, downtown Vancouver, which has been very quiet the last couple of years. We're doing a promotion with Stay Vancouver Hotels. You get a free tasting room ticket when you book a hotel. So what we really want to do is put the spotlight on, on Vancouver, on downtown Vancouver. Let's breathe some life into this town. Let's fill up the hotels. Let's go to restaurants. Let's do some of the things we haven't been doing with COVID. Our capacity is cut back. But, you know, one of the things that gives me a lot of pride uh, being associated with the wine festival is the number of people like yourself who have been to every festival. We have volunteers with us for 10, 20, 30, 40 years. So part of this stepping stone year is to bring our community and get them excited about wine and the love of grape again. You know, if someone has been at home and locked up and they're, and they're not ready to go out yet maybe the wine festival with 1500 people tasting wines and circulating may not be the right thing at the right time for you but but we have a community of people that we've worked with the agents and the exhibitors and it's time to kind of put back our training wheels on and get started mm-hmm. on on bringing people together through wine in person
1: yeah our guest is Harry Hertschig he's the executive director of the Vancouver National Wine Festival Harry, you've shut, you've uh, closed down the room a bit in terms of not space but people, so actually there is going to be a lot of room uh, in the tasting room, room to maneuver, room to get around, and uh, probably just a, a, a safer environment perhaps for those who, who don't want to be jammed into a room right off the
4: bat.
6: Yeah, that's going to be a one-off uh, thing because with the supply chain issues, and we, we needed to cut back on the wine quantity. So the table, there's only going to be, only going to be 100 wineries from 14 countries, strong British Columbia contingent. Uh, The tables will be farther apart, and the aisles will be wider, so there'll be a lot more elbow room and breathing room and talking room. You'll be able to talk with the principals. I'm really amazed how many principals are still coming. I'm sure a lot of the B.C. wineries are going to bring... Some of the great personalities. I love talking to Richard Da Silva. Ray Signorella will be behind the California table. We're not going to group the wineries by country this year. We're going to go back old school. Remember Tony, when everybody was like alphabetical.
4: I love that. You never know.
6: You never know which table, which wine is next to each other. We're going to. It's time to just bring back. You know, go back to the basics.
4: Yeah, I
1: you know I always loved the the you never you know you are standing beside a BC winery and right beside it was Chile on one side and South America on the other and the just the 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 interaction between the wineries which I think is the most important for producers. When producers come to the festival, uh, you know, it's a big opportunity for them to see what's going on in the room, you know, in terms of marketing, uh, the way le- new labels look, uh, wines that are on the marketplace, how they package their wine. So everybody can win uh, at the wine festival if they have their eyes open and they come down looking to uh, to gain information. Uh, Harry, I wanted to ask you about South America because that was the theme uh, going into COVID. So what's happened with that? Yeah, we're hoping to do
6: 2023, South America, our first ever themed continent. It takes a long time to work with a region and a country, and they've got to be in a strong place in the marketplace. They've got to get past COVID. I'm crossing right. my fingers for South America for 2023 because we're going to be back in February. But, you know, trying to speculate All that is going to happen in the future makes me realize how (laughs) important it is just to put one foot in front of the other and just let's have this wine festival, get this wine festival fever happening in the middle of May.
1: Yeah, I'm with you. (laughs) I know one uh, one thing that will not change is the in-store opportunity to buy the wines that are at the wine festival uh, through the BC Liquor Store on site. So that's a good deal, and uh, tell people why it's such a good deal, I think. It's, it's a
6: great place to actually go to before you start tasting wine because it gives you a lay of the land of all the products that are available. And one of the things I look for is the blue dots because the blue dots represent uh, wines that are not regular listings, wines that are unique to the festival. Those are the ones you want to keep your eyes on, and you don't want to wait till the end of the session when, the, when stocks no, when get low all or run out. Yeah. And the greatest thing is when you shop, As you go, if you find a bottle that you like, go buy it, put it in the bottle check. You don't have to carry it around with you. And then you don't even have to carry it around back to your hotel or to the restaurant. B.C. liquor stores will deliver one, three bottles, two cases, whatever quantity you have, free of charge directly to your local liquor store anywhere in the province. So if you're coming from the Okanagan or Vancouver Island or up north and you're coming to have a weekend in Vancouver and getting your free tickets, staying in a hotel, you can shop up with two, three, four cases and have them delivered back. You don't even have to worry about
1: it. Yeah. Uh, well, Harry, uh, I'm so glad we got back to you now that we have some of the details. Uh, folks, that's about 100, is it 101 wineries, or 100 wineries coming, Harry?
6: Yeah, that's, uh, that's about 500 wines to taste. Okay, normally you might have 800 wines to taste, but hey. Yeah. Oh, I'm so sorry, only 500 this year.
1: <laughs> vanwinefest.ca is where you can get all the information harry thanks so much for joining us today on the show and uh, well i know it'll be a big success especially if we can just get her off the ground and get rolling again so uh, folks it's on uh, over the long weekend of may the end of that wine festival so get your tickets now there will be a rush for tickets because there will be a, a limited uh, supply compared to what's usually out there in the marketplace thanks harry Thanks for your support and enthusiasm. Okay, have a good day. See you soon. Harry Hurtshake, he's the Executive Director of the Vancouver International Wine Festival. Still to come, we will take a deeper look at Chris Coletta, the First Lady of BC Wine and Co-Owner of Okanagan Crush Pad. The BC Food & Wine Radio Show is powered weekly on 20 radio stations across British Columbia or on demand on all the major podcast platforms, including Spotify, iHeart, Apple, and uh, your favorite, basically, I'm Anthony Gismondi. You're listening to the BC Food & Wine Radio Show. and We'll be right back. There's more to come. This is BC
0: Food & Wine Radio with Anthony Gismondi.
4: Sun, water, soil. Organically farmed and made in collaboration with Mother Nature. Liber Farms terroir-focused small lot wines capture the essence of the Okanagan and Similkameen Valleys. Join the wine club and receive delivery of award-winning wines and new releases in spring and fall, plus early access to library wines, complimentary tastings, and more. Visit them this spring to taste in their spacious, covered wine garden in Asouye's. Discover more at LiberFarm.com. Simply great wines.
7: BC Food and Wine Radio wants you to join them at the 43rd Vancouver International Wine Festival, May 16th to 22nd. For a free international festival tasting ticket worth up to $129, book a downtown hotel via stayvancouverhotels.com by May 6th. Details are at vanwinefest.ca. Limited supply? So book now. Come see Anthony Gismondi talking with fine stars in the tasting room at the Vancouver International Wine Festival, May 16th to 22nd. Don't wine and drive.
5: Penticton, the hub of the South Okanagan, a place where you'll learn to fall in love with winter all over again. Enjoy mountain adventures, visit almost 100 wineries, craft breweries, cideries, and distilleries, and experience world-class locally sourced restaurants. It's the perfect destination for a relaxing winter getaway. But before you go, make sure to check the website for updates on weather, highways, health advisories, or for more trip inspiration. Go to visitpenticton.com.
7: Sell smart, buy with confidence. Whatever your unique real estate situation is, Ryan Duffy is the expert you can count on to make a decision you won't regret. From Kelowna to Assis, Ryan will ensure you have all the information to find a home that fits your budget, family, and lifestyle. With 18 years of experience as a managing broker, brokerage executive, and a multi-year award-winning realtor, you can count on Ryan. It's your choice. Choose wisely. Choose Ryan Duffy for all your Okanagan-based real estate needs. To connect with Ryan, visit SouthOkanaganHomes.ca
0: and now a bc food and wine radio spotlight on british columbia wineries presented by valley first wealth management working with you to give you confidence in your financial future valley first wealth management is a division of fw wealth management limited
1: hello british columbia wherever you are joining us on the bc food and wine radio network joining us now is someone i've been watching with envy for well the last 30 years at least christine colette is the co-owner of Okanagan Crush Pad and fast becoming a Canadian wine legend. Christine, how are you this morning?
8: I am wonderful. How are you?
1: Uh, well, I'm really well when I'm talking to you because I, I love to pick your brain about uh, BC wine, uh, the industry, all those sort of things. But today I want to talk a bit about your involvement uh, from the beginning that maybe people don't know that much about you can can you tell our listeners where you started or where you got that uh, food and wine uh, bug?
8: Well, I actually started work my working life in the restaurant business, which I absolutely loved. It was a great place for a shy kid uh, in high school to uh, learn how to socialize. Yeah. Um, and eventually I became a liquor and wine buyer, and that's that exposed me to the growing and sort of newish wine scene in Vancouver. Uh, I volunteered at the Vancouver Wine Festival with friends like Mark Taylor and John Clarities. and that led me to meeting a lot of the BC producers at the time.
1: Yeah, and yeah, then so, uh, well, and then eventually you got into the into the VQA program. I mean, you set it up, but how did you end up there?
8: Well, I was working in um, when I left the restaurant business. I was working on several government projects, uh-huh. hospitality training and the establishment of the uh, at the time dreaded serving it right program which was mandatory <laughs> so, so uh, for a while i was the most hated person in the restaurant industry um because all the owners and staff were mandated to take um the um you know serving the serving it the, right serving it right yeah take yeah, the so, take the program <laughs> yeah yeah so from there because i had um established a working relationship with government I was uh, approached by the BC Wine Institute to be their founding executive director. And at the time, the job was really sort of getting the, um, getting the organization established, uh, applying for grants, getting money together to help market VQA. And uh, it was early days. There were,
1: her- there were only 16 cats.
8: wineries. <laughs> yes, there was a lot of herding of cats, but only 16 I, I... <laughs> yeah,
1: I could not imagine being in a room with, with Harry McWaters and uh, all those guys at the time and uh, you know, great oh, monk it, was, and it must have been nuts.
8: It was crazy. I mean it was George Heiss, Adolf Krueger, uh, Harry McWaters of course, and uh, a lot of key players. Um and but it was a small group and everyone was sort of really challenged to redefine uh BC wine country with the arrival of GATT and free trade. So yeah. everyone's back was to the fire so so to speak and they found common ground and they were working together incredibly well.
1: Well, I always said uh, I always you know one person said we should sell Canada, one person said no, we should sell BC, another one said we should sell our own wineries like I just I I <laughs> I, I don't know how you lasted out any of those meetings, but you got a lot done in the uh, early days. And I think one of the things I wanted to talk to you about was the international market and getting recognized because it's still, I don't know, I know that we're there now, but I don't know if we're fully there. Well, why is it so, why was it so important to you? And I know you went off to London and New York and tell us a bit about the getting into that international market.
8: Yes. At the the time it appeared to be extremely extravagant, but for me exposing BC producers to the global world of wine and what was taking shape elsewhere was really, really important because we were coming off of a negative perception of wine quality. And we had to set a new benchmark, and it wasn't good enough for that benchmark just to be our own local pond. We had to take into consideration the wines that were flooding the Vancouver market and uh, and understand that we needed to compete with those.
1: I wonder, uh, do, you, do you think we still need to do it today?
8: Definitely. I'm heading to London in May And uh, many of my uh, winery buddies are then going on to Provine. And I I think it is truly important that we set uh, the national stage for BC Wine in Canada. And, uh, you know, we learn from going there. I know myself and my winemaker, Matt Dumain, we've been. We've been going to a show in London since 2013, and we learned so much from that show. We've learned a lot about natural wine, organic viticulture, organic winemaking, and so it's really important to expose yourself to those elements.
1: Yeah, you're reading my notes here. Uh, (laughs) I do want to talk a bit about your (laughs) latest chapters in wine. Uh, Let's start with Okanagan Crush Pad, because you've had so many innovative ideas, so maybe a lot of people think it's just a winery, but when you started that, it was much more than that. I mean, it was a place for other people to come and, uh, and get involved in the industry. Tell us a little bit about what you were thinking when you started that.
8: Well, when we started, um, my husband Steve built a, a cellar which we thought was massively huge that we would never fill. And the idea was then to share it with other people that were trying to get into the wine industry and get a leg up. And well, lots of people were doing little small custom crush projects for other wineries on the side, but it was um, not anything that was really spoken about and out in the open. Sort of, it was like a backroom um, activity. So we actually legitimized it and br- brought it out into the open and had a business model where other people could come and make wine in our facility. And yeah. we were really focused on that model for several years and launched dozens of different wineries successfully over that period of time which we're really proud of
1: yeah you should be and it it started it, it actually created a new standard for people coming into the market you know with their first vintage because some of them were pretty tough back in the day uh when they brought out their first wines either the way that they looked or the way that they tasted or even how they tried to sell them so it was good to have a, that that sort of standard You have uh, really jumped into the organic uh, wine growing business. Uh, Tell us about that and why you're so passionate about it and where where are you heading? Where's the valley heading with with sustainability and all all of the rest of those buzzwords we hear now?
8: Well, for me, when we started our uh, first vineyard in 2006, I really wanted to farm organically. We didn't have the expertise locally to sort of help us do that. And then in 2010, when Alberto Antonini arrived to work with us from Italy, uh, he just looked at the vineyard and said, why are you not doing this? And I said, well, we don't know how. And uh, he quickly changed that. And we started our organic farming process there. Yeah. And for me, it was words that Alberto said um, about the fact that this land is only mine for a short period of time. And North Americans need to adopt a more of a European mindset that land gets passed down generation to generation, and we have a responsibility to take care of it and leave it in better shape than what we found it in. And so those words really stuck with me, and uh, we've been living up to that uh, since uh, 2011.
1: Mm-hmm. And you've had big, uh, fantastic buy-in from your customers too, I believe.
8: It's been slow because I believe in the good old days organic wine didn't actually mean quality and uh, now uh, people really understand that it 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 does mean quality but it also means wine that is made without the inputs of chemicals and herbicides pesticides in particular Mm -hmm. Um, and we also carry those same fundamental practices that we have in the vineyard into the cellar Uh, for us we make low intervention wine so our goal is to basically take beautiful, pristine, clean, gorgeous grapes and then do as little as possible to them in the cellar without adding anything to take yeah. away from what the vintage gave us.
1: Sure. Uh, our guest, by the way, is Christine Coletta. She's the co-owner of Okanagan Crush Pad. Uh, Christine, you, you've done so many different things. I, I think another remarkable thing is you had you had a hand in the grocery store uh set up i guess or getting bqa wines into grocery stores what can you tell us about that and how is that uh rolling out i mean everybody was so worried about having wine in grocery stores and people being drunk in the aisles and you know the same old stuff we hear all the time
8: well i i must say that my my worry with wine and grocery wasn't uh consumption in grocery but um most often you'll see grocery retailers when they handle wine it's uh very price-driven, and then mm. there can be a race to the bottom in terms of pricing. So I right. was thrilled to see Save On, uh coming in in a big way and taking a different approach. Um, and they've remained loyal to that approach. It's, um, it's really important to us that people don't uh, uh, peg BC Wine as being a cheap alternative or an entry-level product, that we are a quality premium product, and and, and we get treated like that in the Savon Food system, which is wonderful.
1: Mm-hmm. Uh, well, they' are wonderful stores when you go in to see all those species wines in there, and it's just you know for me, it's just it's just so handy. like <laughs> I don't know oh, how all the, how much more you could describe than uh, well, let's get a bottle of wine for dinner, and we're right here, so away we go.
8: Well, uh, my go to store was always Marine Drive in Pemberton, and they yep. have a wonderful selection there and michelle is just an amazing resource for anyone that walks in and has questions about bc wine and any of the stores really you walk into you're going to find a a dedicated person there to answer your questions and i'm looking forward to when they can taste wine in store again and i'm hoping that 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 comes around quickly
1: well christine it's been great to catch up with you i just want to quickly get something from you you're under construction so are you you're not having visitors this summer what can you tell us about crush pad how is it working?
8: Yes, we're closed this year for renovations. And uh, we are going to be open for tours of Garnet Valley Ranch to our loyal club members. Okay. And uh, people can find our wines on, on online on our website, okanagancrushpad.com. And, of course, in many retailers, including Savon and uh, my dear friend John Clarity's at Marquee Wine Cellar. So there's lots of places you'll be able to find our wine. And then we hope to open up next year with a dynamic uh, little tasting room that everyone can enjoy
1: super chris thanks so much for all this today
8: thank you for having me
1: uh, it was a real pleasure that was christine coletta she's the co-owner of okanagan crush pad up next jeff hundermark director of winemaking at west Kelowna's mount bushry joins us this is the bc food and wine Radio Network, and I'm Anthony Gismondi.
0: Join us next time for another Spotlight on British Columbia Wineries presented by Valley First Wealth Management, working with you to give you confidence in your financial future. Valley First Wealth Management is a division of FW Wealth Management Limited.
5: Take a break from the hustle and bustle of the city and relax in the beautiful South Okanagan. Get outside and enjoy fantastic wine and culinary offerings throughout the region. You'll find over 180 of BC's finest wineries, from the Naramata Bench to Summerland's Bottleneck Drive to Oliver Asuyus Wine Country. But before you go, make sure to check the website for updates on weather, highways, health advisories, or for more trip inspiration. Go to VisitSouthokanagan.com.
2: Clos de Soleil Winery knows that the best wines keep it simple. It's all about the grapes and the place where they are grown. Minimal handling, minimal intervention, maximum beauty in the bottle. Nestled in a sunny, stony corner of BC's Similkameen Valley, Clos de Soleil produces wines that blend the best of Bordeaux varieties with their unique terroir. The results? Wines that are elegant and effortlessly special. Tastings by appointment or buy online at closdesoleil.ca. Free shipping to BC and Alberta on orders of six or more bottles.
4: Mount Boucherie Estate Winery and the Modest Butcher Restaurant are ready for spring. Featuring new exciting spring wine releases in the wine shop, along with delicious promotions in the Modest Butcher. Enjoy Burger and Blau Mondays, Tommy and Tannen Tuesdays, Happy Hour seven days a week, as well as the Modest Sunday Brunch, where sweatpants and sunglasses are encouraged. Spring is the thing at Mount Boucherie Estate Winery and the Modest Butcher Restaurant in West Kelowna.
0: Smoking Loon believes that good wine doesn't need to take itself so seriously. This simple premise has guided them for over two decades to produce wines crafted for those with an appetite for adventure, like their Smoking Loon Syrah. So whether you're relaxing dockside or simply enjoying a well-deserved evening at home, bring along a taste of cottage country. Uncork and discover a rare bird at a B.C. liquor store near you. Or visit SmokingLoon.com. This is the B.C. Food and Wine Radio Network. Now, here's Anthony.
1: Hello, British Columbia. Our wine and food discussions uh, continue today. Our next guest is Jeff Hundermark. He's the director of winemaking at Mount Boucherie located in West Kelowna. Jeff, welcome back to the show. How are you today?
9: I'm very well, Anthony. Thank you very much for having me on.
1: Uh, well, it's always fun to chat with you, especially about wine, and today we're going to do exactly that. Uh, you've got a new release coming out uh, for uh, your club members, and uh, I guess if there's any left over, other people can buy them too. Uh, so let's talk about these modest wines. Let's start with, with a label. Who calls their wines modest anyways? Uh, that would be the very humble Jesse uh, Harnden. <laughs> <laughs> BC's hubless marketing manager. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, well, I better call him the director of marketing. But uh, yeah, it's kind of a cool name. I mean, it matches up with the, with the restaurant on site. But uh, it, what's the philosophy of these wines? Because I think at first glance, people will say, "Gee, what what is that? That doesn't look like Mount Bouchery. What, what's going on here?"
9: Yeah, we um, the whole idea of this came out uh, came about. Uh, we we started doing some small batches of wines that were. Uh, kind of unique to Mount Boucherie, uh, to to our portfolio we we hadn't been making them previously they're either uh, grape varieties that um, uh, that we don't normally grow that we've uh, ma- you know managed to get a small lot of or uh, there mm-hmm. there are um, styles of wines that uh, that we make that um, you know that we want to experiment with and uh, so we decided to develop a line of wines that um, uh, that would complement the restaurant uh, at Mount Boucherie, Modest Butcher. And uh, the, the name came from there. Modest Wines seemed like a really good kind of a, a house wine name without being a house wine. And uh, we kind of wanted to have a, a special uh, selection of wines that were available for our wine club members and and uh, p- for people at the restaurant mostly.
1: Yeah, uh, well, you also sort of specialize in vineyards all over the valley as well, but these are uh, mostly single variety. I'm going to say mostly single variety. I know there's a couple of blends, but uh, yeah. it's you've chosen great varieties that – Uh, well, frankly, struggled in the valley years ago and now are all seemingly coming on. I don't know whether it's global uh, climate change. I don't know whether it's better winemaking or what. How would you describe the growth of, say, Sangiovese? For instance, your by Jove uh, uh, wine is 100% Sangiovese, I believe.
9: Yeah, it's actually what's ninety five percent. We throw a little bit of, okay. uh, of uh, Merlot and Cab Franc in there to kind of give it that uh, super Tuscan feel. But um, yep. it's it's uh, Sangio and Year both come from Black Sage Bench. So we've uh, contracted a small wine, a small uh, vineyard from a winery down uh, down south, and uh, that's where we get those grapes from. They're... You know they have struggled for for many many of the mediterranean varietals have struggled and and some of the bordeaux varietals have struggled down south uh to fully ripen but I, you know i think with um, uh, kind of better work in the vineyards um, cropping yep. proper levels and and uh, you know not uh, watering the heck out of the vineyards and not fertilizing the heck out of the vineyards um, has really paid off dividends, and I think yeah. you know our winemaking as well. I think we're getting a little more mature, and we're starting to realize that we don't have to make, you know, fifteen percent uh, alcohol bombs, and and uh, the the wines are coming in much sure. more balanced now. Yeah.
1: Well, uh, and by Job, by the way, that's what we mean about uh, the marketing here. Job, as in uh, San Jovese. Uh, but I wanted to ask you and I'll use the next wine because we're I was just saying earlier that we really knocked out at Casmanium wine tasting this Crimson Crusader which is a Carmenere so mm-hmm. the Sangiovese the Carmenere are they supposed to taste like Tuscany or Chile or the Okanaganer how how do you approach these wines like when when people are looking at them and tasting them what what can you tell them about that well, issue yeah, like the Sangio,
9: for sure. You know, I, I try to make it as um, kind of a, a super Tuscan style. We're calling it Super Okanagan just for just to be
1: yeah
9: jackasses. I like that.
1: <laughs>
9: but um, but the uh, the Carmenere is really you know it, it, we've been grow or we've been uh, making Carmenere for a few years, but um, uh, always blending it off into our Summit blend or into some of our other blends because it never never really show it, showed its true self and and uh, what we realized is that um, what we were do is only giving it one year of oak Now we've decided we're giving it um, uh, two years or, or at least a year and a half of oak uh, right. but not but not new oak and and I think the, um, um, you know the result from that is that the, the wines are coming in really really uh, really juicy balance like uh, like really mm-hmm. red fruit in the, in the front. Yeah. Um, but we, but we're, um, we're trying to get that, uh, we call it, uh, deluxe pizza here, kind of the feel <laughs> with, uh, some, some bell pepper and some, uh, yeah. um, some, you know, just some, a little bit of tomato, maybe some smoked meat or, or some, uh, deli meat, I should say. And that's kind of, kind of gives it that. Really interesting pizza flavor, to be honest yeah. with you. And, and we well, we, we just I think
1: what we like about these wines is the energy in the wines, too. So a little more red fruit, a little less black fruit, uh, you know, just a little more life in the wines, which I think brings the mm. variety, you know, lets it shine through a bit. Uh, we don't have a lot of time. We're talking to uh, Jeff Hundermark. He's the director of uh, making at Mount Bushery. Now, you've got a couple interesting uh, blends, the, the Elder Vicar, which is a nod to Alsace and the Elder's Vicar wine, and the Grave mm-hmm. Robber, the Grave Robber, which is a Bordeaux white blend. These are two really terrific wines for people to uh, get to know and to, and to eat with. Uh, you've got to be happy with the way they're turning out. Oh,
9: uh, most definitely, Tony. It's, it's, I tell you, the, uh, the Elder Vicar uh, started out in our very first vintage of Modest Wines, which was three years ago. Mm-hmm. And we, we've uh, made it ever, ever since then. And it just really highlights to me the, the white aromatic varieties of, of the Okanagan, the w- things that we yep. can do, uh, which happens to mirror, mirror um, uh, Alsace. And I just I'm so really, really happy with the way that this wine, this, this year in particular, is so clean and fresh and tropical. And it just I think it's a really pretty wine. Um, the Gra- Grav Robber is by far my favorite white wine that we do. Um, I, am a huge Sauvignon Blanc fan as a consumer, but I, I, just love making it as well. And, um, you know, it's, it's just, I think super, um, uh, expressive of Sauvignon Blanc. And then mm-hmm. it's got the body of, of Semillon to, you know, to smooth it out.
1: Yeah. Uh, you've added a steam to the collection. For those who don't know, that's a Chenin Blanc, which is, uh, Another variety that uh, the kids are kind of championing in in uh, North America especially here in the okanagan uh, wh- where are those grapes from
9: so they're from uh, East Kelowna. Uh, we've uh, we actually were able to sneak a little bit of uh, grapes under the nose of uh, Quails gate <laughs> <laughs> Um, we have a really good relationship with Quails Gate, and they yeah. uh, and they were kind enough to to offer us a like, uh, you know a, a ton
1: and a half. Sure, why wouldn't of you? And, yeah, yeah, that's great. Uh, well, I think it's a great new addition, And uh, last night I tried the rose, which I'm going to ask you: Is it drier than last year? Because it's really a sensational wine. Uh, really, to me, more of a food wine than the previous edition. But maybe I'm wrong. I didn't really look at the specs. Yeah, no,
9: it definitely is. It, we we've definitely. Um, uh, made a conscious effort to dry dry up some of these rosés because uh, we're kind of getting tired of the the you know the yeah stickies the sugar and, uh, yeah exactly so and Pinot Noir really doesn't lend itself well to being off dry so mm-hmm. we we thought you know we're going to make it a, a bone dry style I mean it's got I think two grams of, of residual sugar in it which is virtually nothing and um, it's definitely you know. It's got that, that pepperiness of the, the Similkameen. It's uh, it's kind of, um, uh, it's Pinot Noir, but it kind of tastes like, almost like a Syrah Rosé. And mm. uh, then it's got that that really juicy fruit, but it's got the, the
1: spiciness too. Uh i told you we, we we would run out of time i love this we got through all the wines which is fantastic uh, you need to be a club member to get access to them right away or dine in the restaurant uh quick question the summit room is it going to reopen for tastings for people as as we open up a bit or for corporations or anybody who wants to have a private event there
9: yeah absolutely we've got a couple of spaces the summit room which is our the barrel room right off of uh, the retail shop it's definitely yeah. available for uh, for private functions, and uh, we also have in the summertime we have the rooftop, which is this will be the first okay. year that it's it's really truly been open. Fantastic spot, um, beautiful uh, views of the valley, and and you know all the great food of Modest Butcher. Yeah.
1: Jeff, uh, thanks so much for joining us today. Folks, if you haven't been to Mount Bushri since uh, the COVID closed down, lockdown, uh, you're in for a real treat. Uh, this is a first-class facility up in West Kelowna with terrific wines. We'll catch up soon. Jeff, thanks so much for joining us today. Oh, it's a real pleasure, Tony. Thanks very much. Thank you. That was Jeff Hundermark. He's the director of winemaking at Mount Bushri. And that's it for this week's show. Uh, special thanks to our technical producer here in Vancouver, Darren Regan. Next week, we're off to Vancouver Island, and we couldn't be more excited to make our first stop at Blue Grouse Estate Winery in the beautiful Cowichan Valley. For all of us at the show, I'm Anthony Gismondi, wishing you a relaxing weekend. We'll be back next week with our Grape Escape across the Food & Wine Radio Network.
0: That's it for today's show. This is BC Food & Wine Radio with Anthony Gismondi.